This episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. What a way to go out for the week. I think I was 0 for 6 on my last NHL bets. What a joke. Just pick every wrong team possible. The San Jose Sharks can't do anyone good. The Oilers are a joke. Throw away their season. It's the World Hockey Report. We got Adam the Kid with us as always. Say what's up. What's up? I'm battling through this one. Just uh, going to put you on the IR. Maybe for a, a little break. Doesn't help that it, this is take two of this podcast because we lost the first one. Uh, do not throw we into this one. That was, a, that was an Urban Trout situation. My shitty internet. Let's kick it off. NHL talk, the biggest thing. I think we can call it viral, right? I mean, uh, we did have some pretty cool people retweet us. The Nashville Predators hanging our regular season Western Conference Championship banner. What the heck? And it's, it's weird because Vegas hanging the actual Western Conference champion banners a week ago but i think it was on the same day no nah, no nah, it was against philly oh okay whatever still they lost in the second round to winnipeg like i don't I don't know what they're what they're trying to do here welcome to hockey in the south get with it folks in nashville um how about i mean when we're gonna put this up there with retweets was it chance the the vegas golden knight reptile alligator mascot yeah, his name is Chance. Yeah. He's loving the World Hockey Report, boys. Chucking us a retweet, quote, tweet, whatever. We're legends. That guy's a beauty now. He's in our good books. Yeah, his tweet. We tweeted the the, the two uh, banners. His tweet, PSA, always read the fine print with a winky face. So, shout out Chance. I don't know why he's a lizard or reptile in Vegas, but I don't know what that has to do with Golden Knights, but good for him. He's a beauty. Boom, roasted. You want to hear something sad? See you later, Nashville. I do. The Detroit Red Wings are covering the lower bowl seats at Little Caesars Arena with black instead of red because it looks too empty, apparently. They're covering them with black? What is that? I guess, like, just for TV aspect? Black cloths or whatever, like black seat covers. I don't know why, but... Probably because it's so empty and probably because nobody really wants to, to see them play. That is weird and kind of funny. Yeah, they're somewhat of a dumpster fire. would like to see Dylan Larkin end up on a good team one of those days. Uh, you obviously saw the gritty fall from the roof. I don't even know what that was. He's spinning around, twirling around, scaring everyone. What an entrance for uh, just a, a greasy mascot. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big gritty guy because I think when you get a mascot, you got to promote him. Like I I still don't know how he interacts with the kids though, because you know you see this big fluffy creature who's kind of kind of a little pest sometimes. And like, is he interacting with the kids? Is he taking pics with them? Is he making babies cry? Who knows? But you know, he's nothing like Chance. I thought you were gonna say, is he making babies with the fans? <laughs> I was like. Well, Gritty's taking this whole mascot thing to a new level. Yeah, I wasn't saying that. Next Flyers home game, we're going to see like a bunch of little Gritties running around behind him. There'll be like a dozen of them. Be like, well, he's been busy this offseason. 
getting ready. Yeah, congrats on the sex, Gritty. <laughs> Moving on. Um, more fashion stuff. This isn't GQ, though. But those new Ducks jerseys that they were wearing in Warmies, the white ones, some good old old school Mighty Ducks D2, those are fresh. Yeah, they're sick. I like the the whites a lot better than like their their black Mighty Ducks ones because like their black Mighty Ducks ones, they're trying to make them look kind of like like the newer age Ducks ones, uh, which they had in like 08 or something like that. But yeah, the white ones are fresh and definitely takes takes you back to your childhood days, eh? Oh, I mean, if you didn't watch the Mighty Ducks for, I don't know, how many times think you watch Mighty Ducks D1 or D2, like million? Million and a half? I don't know. Not a math well, guy. D3 but was pretty funny too, actually. No, I was not a D3 fan. I Nope. Nope. They took that overboard. Like it wasn't bad, but it was just like, it was funny because they were all like little kids who like screw mm-hmm. around all the time. Then this like big hard ass coach came in and they had a tough time adjusting and it was funny. Do you remember when they tried to make those Mighty Ducks cartoons or tried it? I don't know how many, was it a cartoon or was it a cartoon movie? Do you remember those? Yeah, I, I remember those, but they're like actual like ducks, like big like ducks playing hockey. It was super weird. Yeah. That was, uh, that was something else. I, I don't like remember any of the actual like episodes or movies off the top of my head, but I do kind of just remember them trying to do a remake and it was stupid. There's no Charlie Conway. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. We need Charlie. What a leader. Who's your favorite mighty duck or, uh, district five? We'll go with the OGs. Oh man. Um, big Averman guy. Is it Averman or Averman? Dave Averman. With a B or a V? Abram. He was like okay. he was a jokester of the team, and he'd Averman. always be be cracking jokes. I like the knuckle puck kid in D D two and D three. He's pretty good. That was who I was gonna say. Definitely Russ, knuckle Russ puck Tyler, guy. I think his name was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Ross. Uh, <laughs> how about in like the first one? Or I think it's like I mean they throw in one of the most racist comments out there that everyone seems to forget. It's uh they start that lineup. The centerman's a little white kid, and the two wingers are, I mean, we'll go with the African-American nature. And they're like, what is this, the Oreo line? Cracks me up every time. I mean, I get it. It's racist. It's horrible. Like, people should probably be fired for that. But it's pretty damn funny. Yeah, that doesn't fly nowadays. Classic. Okay, moving on. That's our uh, movie review, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I guess we didn't mention we got a couple of big guests. This week with Clay Program, UK hockey, Kentucky hockey has never been this lit. It's electric. And uh, Nick DeLisi joining the kids, a little grinded and out, some minor pro coming over from Sweden. Had to do that on early morning, early morning to get him on. Great guy, though. Great interview. Funny guy. Definitely going to be a reoccurring guest. I will guarantee that. A uh, couple of other things. Oh, I never got your uh, thoughts on the UFC. We still haven't talked about that. McGregor, Khabib, Kebab, whatever you want to call the guy. He jumped out of the freaking ring to go and attack someone. That was pretty crazy. You watch that? Khabib absolutely rinsed him. Like, I think I watched with like 25 people or so. And first, first round, he, they were like laying on the ground for four minutes. Second round, laying on the ground for three. And Connor's just getting his face pounded in. Third round, they stood up. And then fourth, like, he just, choked him and like it was over like it was embarrassing because i put money down on connor to win but yeah and then he could be a pop the pop the thing but i think both of them are wrong like connor made a lot of offside comments and 
Khabib shouldn't have just hopped into the crowd and started, like, sucker punching that guy. It's all for the money. I mean, come on. Everyone's like, oh, this person did this. This person did this. They don't give a... I mean, they don't give two dams. It's all about selling those pay-per-views, making money. And that's what they did, and they did it successfully. I mean, wasn't it one of the highest, like, watched things? So, I think end of the day, they're kind of like, big whoop, whatever. Hate the guy, expect it. Like, they're fighting, as you'd expect. Just bringing back, I mean, I hate to bring up the past, but last week was a pretty cold one for us. I said Cam Ward was a respectable goaltender. Yikes. Uh, he had some troubles there, especially against Toronto. Wasn't a pretty outcome. Not at all. But, uh, hey, yours might be a little bit worse. You ripped the New Jersey Devils and one player in specific, Kyle Palmieri. Are you sniffling on the pod? It's outrageous. I thought my mic was off. It definitely was not off. Okay, but you were ripping. You were ripping Kyle Palmieri, two bingos against the Oilers, plus plus the Devils going absolutely wax Washington. Your second or third favorite team because you're just a fanboy, bandwagon fanboy. So that's that's a that's a rough look for you for the fans. It's two games into the year. I don't think uh, still I'm still gonna stand by. They're not a playoff team. And I'm also going to stand by, like, do I think that Austin Matthews is going to shoot 53% for the rest of the year? Probably not. So just, like, you know, the Devils can have two good games. One is against the Oilers, who are, like, the worst team ever. So let's take it with a grain of salt. Austin Matthews may be better than McDavid. Guy's ridiculous. And uh, as we were talking about in the first take, the Leafs need to trade William Nylander. Sign him, get him out of there, ship him off. You don't want him. You don't want this guy in there because when he walks in, his teammates are going to be like, oh my goodness, who is this guy? Like, why is he showing up four weeks late? Also, pound sand. Nice and a little choke attack mid-episode. I'm it, dead right now. How awkward would that be for William Nylander to walk into the room like, hey guys, just held out, got my extra 200K, looking pretty sick. How is GQ, Matthews? Like, oh my goodness, this guy's being a little baby Swedish kid. Not going to do anything in playoffs anyways. Trade him, get a D-man, do yourself some good. As I think I've said on, on past pods, the Leafs, like, their problem was never scoring. Like, they basically replaced Tavares with Nylander. Or I guess replaced Nylander with Tavares the other way around. The way they play now, it obviously isn't sustainable. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, they could have scored, outscored anybody the last two years, but gets to the playoffs. You need that defensive play that Jake Gardner and Ron Hainsey weren't going to give you. And yeah, I think I think he should be traded. Like you can't have thirty million committed to Marner, Tavares, and Matthews, and it looks like it's going that way. So yeah, I think uh, I think he should be traded. Like they said that they're not going to, but I think they have to look at the cap. Now, give me your thoughts on the Oilers' first couple of games. I mean, we're not going to get into your uh, rip PC segment yet because I don't think they're quite there. We can't start talking about their off season yet, but. Uh... Boy, it's not looking pretty for the Oilers. Yeah, I saw a sad tweet yesterday. It was uh, it was like you could replace Connor McDavid's name with some random, and the Oilers' lines just look like shit, and they do. It's hard to say because all the problems that they're talking about going into the season, they're like they can just get over these five or six things. You know, they'll make the playoffs. Um, first one was Cam Talbot. He's led in eight goals in two games. Second one was. The defense, well, Benning and Nurse were a dash three each in the first game, and then Benning got walked in the second game. Third one was a power play, and 
I think the power play is one for not good. And I think the fourth one was can can Drysaddle take his own line? And the answer is still no because he hasn't done anything by himself yet. And, like, he's so on and off. Like, turns it on, turns it off. Can be a beast, but isn't for whatever reason. And then the fourth one, I think, or fifth one, there's so many questions with this team, was can the can the right side of the of the offense hold up? And so far, Tyriati, Kyler Yamamoto, yes, Fuliarvi, and I guess Zach Cashman, if you want to count him, they none of them have points. So something, like, all the questions are being answered in a bad way right now. Let's uh, let's cut. We might as well bring in one uh, one of our uh, our first interview. We got Clay Pergram coming in from Kentucky University of Kentucky, sick team, sick school. Let's bring him on. Join now. We got Clay Pergram, University of Kentucky. You guys are off to a sick start to the season. Uh, rolling some teams to say the least. Uh, how's it going? Good, Cody. Thanks for having me again. Oh, of course. You're a recurring guest, too. You're you're one of the first ones from last year, so I had to have you back. It was a, a great interview. Love the UK hockey fan support. It's crazy. I mean, you wouldn't really expect it in Lexington, Kentucky, to be a hockey culture, but you guys have something else going on there. Yeah, it, it's absolutely ridiculous that we, we can pack the, the stands, you know, 800 on a great night. Um, in the middle of Kentucky and, you know, um, people's knowledge, it's coming more and more about hockey. So it's just not, they're looking for, for the rowdiness and the fights anymore. You know, they're, they're appreciating the nice passes and dangles and all that now. So really unique crowd down here. You guys get a ton of media coverage too. Like it's, it's super easy to follow you guys, you know, for, uh, us clowns here up in Canada. We get to see all the, like, I mean, all the games are on there. You know, you guys get write-ups. You get sick photographers. I don't know who your photographers are, but they deserve a pay raise. Oh, my goodness. Like, every game you get, like, four or five. I'm like, if I would have had a profile picture like that, give me a break. I mean, just, you would have been flooding the schools. Kids are so lucky there. But, yeah, let's let's talk about this season. I mean, just a, a breakdown of the start because you guys got off to an unbelievable start. Walked over your first couple of games, and then you guys had a hometown thriller against Louisville. That was, I mean, you were telling me that that's one of the craziest games you've ever seen at the the ice yeah, center. Yeah, uh, so I mean, this year is guys got out to a good start. Um, we got fourteen freshmen, so uh, they really clicked together early, and um, really happy with where we are at now. But it's kind of we're we're at the point of you know we've had success, but. Um, we thought we should have success at this point, so what do we make from for the rest of the year from this point on out? Nuts, and I mean, you guys follow that up with another win on the road, but uh, yeah, tough tough weekend, I mean, that last weekend, but yeah, again, you guys are heading back home, and you got to walk the, the, the listeners through, I mean, it's hard to do it justice, we'll tweet out a picture and stuff uh, on the Twitter, we'll talk ERPT, but your, your crowd, your home crowd is honestly, there's there's nothing else like it in the ACHA. Yeah, um, we got really short boards on, on the side where the fans are, so you know they're they're liable to give our guys a hand, uh, you know, high five or, or or get down in the face of the other team. Um, and you know we had at Louisville, we had thirty members of the band there, just absolutely deafening. Um, you know, so even guys coming from you know the USPHL are, are kind of shocked with with the crowd that they get because they might even see that you know once a year or so at nationals or maybe up in Minnesota playing the Blue Hawks or. What do you think the fans like more? This is an outsider perspective. You think they like the hits and fights more? Or you think they like the big goals? <sighs> oh man, um, 
I, I think um, just Kentucky culture, they appreciate the winning, but um, maybe the, the hillbilly in this, maybe, maybe the fighting still gets, gets everyone pumped up a little bit more than just the goals alone. Can't hate that. Can't hate that. What's it like on campus right now? With the, I mean, you guys got a winning culture in pretty much every sport there. The football's doing sick. I see on Twitter, I mean, you guys got football players on board with everything you're doing. So is it a, a, it's a pretty like close-knit group? Like, I mean, obviously the football players... They're pretty big there. I mean, they're up there with the basketball players. Yeah, so so right now, you, you know, um, football team is doing incredible, and Cash Daniels is, is a huge fan of, of hockey. So um, he, he's definitely the guy that I'm, I'm cheering for the most when, when I get a chance to go to a game there. Um, we'll have Cash out later this season to drop a puck, and hopefully we'll get Benny out too. I was talking to him early last year, and hopefully you, he'll still want to swing by and drop a puck. But um, basketball still yet to get started, but um, – I mean, yeah, um, the, the guys, we've had basketball players come in the past. I want to say Terrence Jones came in 2010 for the team and dropped the puck. So anytime we can get in with those guys and, and try to get them in because they got a crazy schedule too, we, we try and uh, have them in for at least one puck drop a year. That's sick. Walk me through. This is, uh, you know, you, you guys are just famous next level. Walk me through the whole calendar thing. How did that start and how did that even, like, you know, just for this season, like, that's honestly, that was the talking point for, like, the first two months of the year. So the calendar got started by a guy named Mark Shroop, and he was the general manager of the team 20-plus years ago when they started the calendar. Um, first calendar was done with Ashley Judd. And one of her cousins was, oddly enough, one of the players on the team. So that's how that connection kind of got through. We've kind of stopped doing them, I guess, maybe the last four years. I don't think any of my seniors had had a poster prior to this year. Uh, so the first one was in the last five years that I have seen. Um, and we did it with Kylie Myers, um, who is a, a Kentucky native. And um, just she she was following us, so just kind of reached out to her and, and see what she uh wanted to do with her schedule and, and, and kind of, you know, took a good six to eight months to plan it out. And, you know, she was sweet enough to just let us send down to Jersey and she did the rest and sent it back. And, and, uh, we got with our designer and that was that, but, um, really popular collector's item for, you know, younger guys growing up down in the area or even, you know, people who might not be uh, the biggest hockey fans, but if they can collect three or four posters of pretty girls and put them up on their dorm room walls, I'm sure, you know, um, all the guys that are into that. Oh, dude, the college guys gotta love that. I mean, give me a break if all the tea. I mean, I can't believe you guys even got out to a good start. I thought everyone would have their jaw on the floor. You'd be picking that up for the first five minutes of the game, but uh, yeah, they were pretty pumped up for that one. Um, you know, had, had her come in early and and she she came in and signed the poster for all the boys and you know um, did did pictures with all of them prior to the game. But we did that well before the game to try and get them you know straightened back out and. You know, they came out and performed well, so. <laughs> Little extra testosterone before that one. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> Boys are coming out flying there. How many years before Kentucky gets a D1 team? It's, honestly, if you guys had the facility, without a doubt, I could see that, that working out there. I mean, there, there's no other, if you think of like ASU and those other teams, Penn State, that have gone Div 1, before they had a nice barn and all, I mean, ASU still doesn't. What a joke of it. I mean, how about you have a new barn figured out before you get a Div 1 team? But if Kentucky, perfect world, Lexington gets a sick new barn, 4,000 seats, how long before they get a D1 hockey team? NCAA or ACHA? NCAA. And I would hope that we're somewhere within the 7-10 to year kind of realm. I would hope that would be realistic just with the more notoriety that we're getting on campus that 
um, you know, there, it, there is an interest there. Um, I, you know, I think that helps, you know, year by year. But I, I would hope within the next 10 years that we see uh, NCAA um, established at Kentucky. I got absolutely no clue about any of the travel or any of that. So that, that's just like ballparking out there. But I, I mean, five years, I think like seven to 10 is very generous. But yeah, if you guys got a rank, I can't see why it wouldn't work out. Like sick fan base and all the, the schools already got. I mean, football's having a great year. Basketball's obviously massive there. I don't think it's yeah, that Lexington's basketball just a college place. town. I mean, when, when the school's not in here, it, there's not too much going on. And when, when the students are here, it, it's live and, and, and crazy and traffic everywhere. So, um, you know, I, I think they'd be diehards just like, I mean, you've seen Kentucky football in the past. Well, maybe not. They've just been absolutely god awful. But there's <laughs> diehard fans. And now, you know, they're finally reaping the benefits of it now. Oh, I know. They've been electric to watch this year. Love some good uh, Saturday college football up here. Is there any, any big weekends this season that, you know, guys have to be watching? Like, you know, that Midnight Madness has been highlighted on their schedule for a while. Is there any other big weekends coming up? Well, we have um, UNC coming up. Um, which will be um, you know, second time we're having a series with them. We went down uh, last year and played them, and we didn't take home a win, so we're looking to get a little bit of revenge there. Um, Indiana's definitely one we have marked on the schedule right now. Saw they had a, a nice win over Liberty this past weekend and over Louisville, and I think they played Penn State to a pretty tight game, so that's definitely one we got marked up on our calendars right now. How sick is that Liberty barn? Oh, my goodness. Like, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. There's... There's no way that that shouldn't be. Honestly, if you think of all like the shitty Div 1 barns, that blows it out of the water. And that's honestly probably up there with major junior rinks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, blew, it blows any junior rinks that I played in, you know, 10 years ago in the uh, CSHL out of the water. Um, I think the best one then, then at the time was Dubuque's. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of an older barn now. And I mean, I was in Des Moines, so I, I got to see the whole madhouse. And uh, I mean, Liberty's is top notch. There, there's no arguing about that. How about the, how about the team? You said you got a bunch of new guys, but is there uh, a couple of guys that are ripping it up? Yeah. Um, our senior, our captain, um, part of our team is Jimmy Cash. Um, he's, I want to say he's averaging t- around two points a game right now. I think nine games played and 20 points, give or take there. Um, and, I mean, he's just our heartbeat right now. Um, and, um, I think for almost his ACH career, I think if you go back, I want to say he's at least one point a game. So kid's very consistent. Um, our goalie right now is doing a phenomenal job, Eric Williams. I think he has three shutouts. He got his first shutout against Akron at the beginning of the year, and he's just been on a roll ever since. Uh, Ryan Duffy's playing great for me. Kid's very versatile. We can put him at forward D. Uh, we have him as emergency goalie if we need him there. Um, so, um, a lot of the returners are, are, are really stepping up um, as we lost, you know, a really talented senior class with seven guys last year. Some of our sophomores have had to step up uh, a little bit earlier than maybe they, they expected coming in here. That's sick. No, I'm just looking at Cash there, and he's got 20 points in nine games. That's nuts. That's, yeah. uh, that's impressive for any level. And uh, last one before I let you go, I mean, we've had a – We've had a couple of talks, you know, maybe even some questionable tweets out there about the SEC hockey, but yeah, Kentucky chose to leave. There's any bad blood there, you know, or do you guys see yourself maybe going back once they figure their shit out? Um, I, I'm not going to say there's bad blood there. Um, there, there's, you know, uh, a chance that we could always look at going back if we branch out and create a D3 team, but, uh, for the team that we have right now, for the, for the heart of Kentucky, if that's what you want to call it, um, our goal is to still, compete at the D2 level. Um, we would definitely want to make a push to regionals if we can this year, and if not next year, 
um, and then try to reach for nationals at the Division II level. Um, and if we keep growing, maybe that's something we can reevaluate at another time. Um, but with travel, you know, it, you know, maybe another league might make more sense to, to do a, a closer league than going all the way down to the SEC down to Florida. Um, so it, it's something that we're, that we'll continue to look at. Um, but right now, no, we, we don't have any interest in going back to the SEC. <laughs> that's a very professional answer there, right there. Uh, that, that's Clay Program sick and be great. I appreciate you coming on again. Kentucky Hockey's electric. All those guys got, I mean, we'll tweet out pictures and we'll tweet out some more links and stuff. But yet again, we appreciate you, uh, coming on the pod and best of luck this weekend. You guys got a couple of big games. Yeah, uh, thank you very much, Cody, and go Cats. <laughs> Thanks again, Program, for joining us. Beauty, great guy, great interview. I mean, Kentucky hockey's electric. They do so many things there. That's cool. I mean, that's definitely a school that could probably use a D1 hockey team. Let me tell you about New Energy. It's amazing. I mean, they're powered by blueberries. It's all good for you. New Energy is clinically proven. Great-tasting, chewable tablet. Provides quick, clean boost of energy and focus. And New Energy is all-powered. By the goodness of blueberries and antioxidants, there's no sugar, none of that awful caffeine crash, none of that junk you get from coffee or Red Bull. New Energy is just a, a changing project, especially if you're a hockey player, you got to be doing this. GetNewEnergy.com. It's simple to take. I mean, there's none of that drinking like a seven-liter Red Bull before you go on the ice. This is actually good for you. GetNewEnergy.com. That's GetNewEnergy.com. And, of course, if you use our website, WorldHockeyReport.com, promo code's on there. Save yourself some money on shipping. Or, you know what? If you're looking to buy big, they got discounts on there as well. GetNewEnergy.com. Okay, welcome into the pod. we got Nick DeLisi. Join now. Finally got the kid on. It's Nick DeLisi. Buddy, say what's up from Sweden. What's up, guys? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. How's uh, how's things going there? You've been over for a couple of months now, a month now into the season. Uh, how's Sweden treating you? Um, yeah, it's been very interesting, to say the least. Uh, started off the season um, with the coach. A week later, no coach. Um, team's basically bankrupt, haven't gotten paid yet. Uh, we had about three guys walk out on us. Our captain quit on us is one of them. Um, goalie went to Germany and our top defenseman went to Alstrom's. So good for them. They got all this shit, but I mean, fuck, like every day it's a new thing. Like today's thing was if you sign the contract or we'll pay your money. If you don't sign it, well, you know, leave, like get out of the house. So I don't think any of us are going to sign it and see what happens. <laughs> wow, okay, good start to this interview here. Uh, rip your team 101. Yeah, that that's the... Okay, now you just uh, caught me off guard a little bit. But let's go back a little bit for you. I mean, you're a, you're a Pennsylvania kid. You're a, you're a USA, a little American there. Played over in Sweden yeah. right now. But let's go back a little bit. Because uh, you were a prep school kid, eh? You were uh Wyoming Sim. How did you yeah. how did you end up there? I mean, dude, like I mean, you obviously had played pretty sick there. Um, yeah, so I uh well I played midget AAA in the states uh for the Valley Forge Madman and um I wanted to go to prep school. The high school I was going to wasn't very good academically and at that time I wanted to play NCAA hockey. So, went to Vermont Academy for a year. 
Um, didn't really like it. It was pretty far away from home, middle of nowhere. Hockey was all right, I guess. Um, came back home, played in the showcase, and the Wilkes-Barre Miners, um, their GM, Ray Wells, great guy, still talk to him to, to this day. Um, he's now with the Big and 10 Junior Senators. Pretty much offered me two things. It was like, one, he could uh, help me go to Wyoming Seminary and play on the junior team on the side, or he could just play on the full year on the junior team. So I uh, decided on seven. To this day, it's honestly the best thing I've ever done. I mean, like, I had it all going for me at seven. I mean, minus the school, like, hockey was excellent. We had, like, AHL GMs calling teams on our behalfs, like getting really good references, really good practices, playing pretty strong teams. Like we played the Northwood Junior team a few times. Um, Hill Academy, Shadyside Academy, Gilmore Academy, Hill School. So we played some pretty good hockey. Um, and yeah, I got, like I said, it was excellent. I got a ton of exposure out of it. Um, skated with a couple North American League teams. And then I decided to go to uh, Carolina, which is where the uh, the adventure started. Where I just had a world tour. Did you uh, did you play against any sick players in prep? Like, I mean, obviously a lot of the the young American players, like you know the up and comers. Obviously, you're you're a young guy there. But any any sick players that you played against, like any guys who are really next level? Uh, yeah, I played against a few. Actually, I played against um. One of the Samuelson brothers, Matthias Samuelson, um, um, American slash Swedish, like dual citizen. Yeah, he played there and then went to the USA NTDP and now he's playing on Western Michigan. And he was a second round pick to the Sabres this year. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest standout was him, but I mean, talking, if you, were to ask who I play with and maybe a standout. I play with a kid from Canada named Brandon McCullough. One thing I'll never forget about this kid was he's like, Nick, watch this. I'll go score. Got off the bench, went out there and scored. And, uh, yeah, okay. pretty much the kid's story was he made the QMJHL and wanted to go to Wyoming Seminary for whatever reason and then finished playing the CC2 and quit hockey. So, I mean, he had everything going for him at one point and then Next man, he was playing junior B and hung him up. Frick, what a life, eh? Those guys with so much potential, and, you know, they're kind of just, like, shit disturbers, waste of talent there. Too good for nothing. But uh, your junior, you played in some pretty sick cities for juniors. Like, I mean, no one's really going to complain if they're playing, like, you know, in Carolina or Hartford. But you had one interesting stop, and I've, I actually have no clue where it was, but I've heard the stories. The, the total athletic Seahawks. Dude, I mean, yeah. how how did you end up there? And, you know, I mean, you've got a couple of funny stories. You might as well just go into them. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I started off the year in Carolina playing for the Eagles. Um, if I were to say my biggest regret in my hockey career, it would be leaving the Eagles. It was a great program. I had excellent billets. Um, I pretty much had no complaints other than I wanted to play up in the north and be exposed to NCAA schools. So, yeah, I had this... Uh, guy, the coach, uh, Bill Zanaboni. Good guy off the ice, but I mean, yeah, he sent me a message saying he's looking for a couple more forwards to, you know, finish his roster. So I was like, all right, you know, talked to him, gave me a pretty good deal and talked to a couple of schools I was being recruited by at the time. So I mean, guess things worked out. Um, so I flew there, created by two teammates. Um, 
Yeah, and then the next day I walk in the locker room. I didn't practice. I just played the game right away. Played the New Hampshire Avalanche. It got shit stomped. And then that Monday was hell. Um, yeah, so I got there. I put my stuff down. We have a locker room, so we had to take our stuff back and forth every day. And I'm like looking around and there's like 60 kids standing in a locker. I'm like, like, are these some like maybe like timekeepers or like managers? Like, I don't know. Like, who the hell are like, oh, why are all these kids here? One of the guys goes, oh, it's our team. We have seven lines of forwards and 12 defensemen, four goalies. <laughs> so I said, Jesus Christ, this guy told me he's looking to finish his roster, not just stockpile a bunch of kids. So whenever I get there, I play a game. Uh, I start on the fourth line, and by the end of the second period, I was on the second line, so I can't complain there. Yeah, and then lost like 7-2. Monday comes around, I get on the ice. Kid tries to jump me. Like, fuck you, you took my spot in the lineup, get out of here. I'm like, dude, why are you jumping me? There's seven lines of forwards. Like, fuck. Start from the back. I mean, this kid was brutal anyways. He's playing at, like, Anna Maria College, like, one of those expansion Division three programs that pretty much takes all the kids that no, no one else wants. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was like that for the few months I was there. I mean, one thing that stood out was we got bag skated after Christmas. Um, he called it like the get the devil out of you or some shit. Yeah, it was uh We always had the turkey skate. We always had the turkey skate as uh as kids, so it was usually it, it might have been Thanksgiving or I think it was like Thanksgiving and New Year's and we would just Yeah, we got one at Thanksgiving dead. also. Oh um, man, brutal. The one at Christmas No, the one at Thanksgiving we had two guys walk off the ice and quit the team. <laughs> always good. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Christmas one wasn't too bad. I mean, got just about got through it. And then uh, a day later, some uh, shit was happening back home, so I uh, I dipped out of there. Basically, the coach was uh, it was it was pretty much saying like if I stayed, I would have I would have played NCAA hockey. If I left, he'd he'd pretty much like tell the school to like fuck off with the offer. Yeah, and. I mean, that's just how he was. It was like, it was like his way or no way. It's like, you're going to this school or you're not going to go to school. Pretty scummy. But yet again, I mean, you were, uh, you were lined up to go to school. You're going to, you're going to go to Becker. And I, I, I remember I <laughs> yeah. was like, I was like, are you sure that's where you want to go? I, I know the school a little bit and I know like they're, they're top player of all time. I guess I played with them. I mean, guy was, he was a loser. So. Like, he's not a bad hockey player at all, but just personality-wise, no one really liked him or respected him. I don't even know. I think he was a captain or assistant captain there, but won't mention any any names. But, yeah, then you ended up, you were like, yeah, you know, maybe school's not for me. Not the not the brightest kid in the bunch. Okay, wait. I totally missed <laughs> something. I'm just going over your hockey DB here. You had 17 tucks and midget? How? You're a fourth-line grinder. Dude, fuck, like I said, like, back at SEM, so I played with, uh, Wyoming SEM, and I played a split season, um, with the Wilkes-Barre, uh, like, their junior Penguins team, like, the U18 program. I mean, yeah, like, I was put in a bigger role that year. I mean, I had to step up a bit. If I wanted to, of course, try to play NCAA out of prep school, I'd have to, you know, produce and show them that I was capable, and 
I mean, I did pretty well, I think. I mean, I impressed some people. Okay, I listen know. to these stat lines. 17 tucks in 10 games, and you had 51 penalty midgets, penalty minutes in midget. What the hell? Talk about uh, yeah. a little bit of dominance. Yeah, I mean, there are some interesting, like, uh, yeah, we played this one team from Phil, it was actually a Philadelphia team. I've always played against them growing up. Um, yeah, and my linemate, who was actually my linemate as well for Sam, got cross-checked from behind into the goalie, and the goalie blocked him in the head. At that point, we were already losing 8-1, scored the one goal. Um, Not a big deal. So I just, I just went in there and charged the goalie. And then some guy jumped on me, and I got up, and I just said, like, let's go, like, drop your shit, like, I mean, it's midget hockey, we have cages, so we all look like losers at that point doing that, but once I, once I took my helmet off, this kid was like, Jesus Christ, he's not playing around, and we just went at it, I mean, like, there was cops at the door, like, making sure, like, uh, I didn't run out of the locker room and charge the other locker room, I was pretty, I was pretty pissed off, but I mean, I beat the kid's head into the ice, (laughs) um, and then the next day, uh, like one of the guys on our team sends me a message on Instagram. He's like, dude, check this out. And the kid posted the, the video on Instagram, but cut out the part right before I like dropped him to the ice. <laughs> the, the friendly edit. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I liked it and he messaged me like, uh, dude, like that was sick. Like I never thought I'd actually get in a fight. And I was like, dude, like it's whatever. It's midget hockey. Ha ha ha. I'm pretty sure the kid's playing the GMHL now. I mean, <laughs> what a league! I mean, yeah, he's getting a, he's gonna have a few of those up there. You sent me a screenshot of that league the other night. There's like one of the teams opening games. I believe it was like the London Lakers. They lost 24 zip. That's brutal. Could you imagine being in a game? I don't. Honestly, I think the craziest game I was ever in was a 9-8 playoff game. I played the whole thing, too. Shit, you not. We won in overtime. Shout out Curtis Whitney with the OT winner. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so we, we, I mean, it was just a gong show. I swear we were down like 5 nothing and like 7-2 and he made a stupid comeback. Won in an overtime, but 24 nothing is pathetic. You shouldn't even ice a team. Have you been in any bad beatdowns or on the, on the wrong side of some of those? Oh, yeah. So, um, my final game of prep school hockey, we were in the Czech Republic. Oh, man, I have some stories from that. Um, so, yeah, we played um, Liberetz's U-20 team. Um, of course, it was an exhibition game, so they kind of brought a couple of guys down from the WSF, like the young guys, and they had a couple of guys that were home because their Q team didn't make the playoffs. I think they played in Sherbrooke. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we got out there, we're like, alright, this is gonna be a pretty good game, these guys look sick. 10 nothing end of the second. We finished the game 13 nothing. And I just like looked at the scoreboard, I'm like, this is my last ever game, I'm putting this jersey on, and we lose 13 nothing to these guys. Go out with a bang, right? Yeah, and after that, I went out and partied with them, so it wasn't that bad. Now you coached in uh, Czech this summer. You did. A, you spent a little bit of time there, half coaching, half drinking. But uh, yeah. okay, one thing I wanted to ask you about because I mean I was obviously over there too, and you see a lot of it. Is I mean the Russian buggers? They love the Czech, obviously, because it's like a cheap European country. And I mean they're both like they've got some scummy tendencies. But like you had to coach a lot of those little Russian zips, and I mean they they just buzz. Eh? They don't care about eating. They just go 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 ten hours non-stop. I mean, 
all they know how to do is skate laps. They're ridiculous. Yeah, oh, well, kind of like what you just said, like, they're just go, go, go. I mean, camp would start at 7.30, and the kids would be there at, like, 6.45, like, warming up, playing soccer. These are, like, eight- and nine-year-old kids. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, what are you doing? They don't eat breakfast. It's like they wake up, they go to the rink. They, like, we skate for about two hours in the morning, and we go through off-ice. They're, like, shooting pucks, taking one-timers. I'm like, dude, at your age, I couldn't even take a slap shot. <laughs> um, they're like they're like really good players I'm not gonna lie like very good skills but it's like after dry land like I'm like alright let's go guys time to go to lunch they're like no no we stay we stay and it's just another two hours and I'm just shooting pucks shooting pucks shooting pucks I'm like you guys ever don't want to go so I eventually went and grabbed one of the uh, the coaches and I was like like what what, the, what should I do like these kids don't want to leave he's like nah just keep them here they're fine <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the exact same. There was a, there was a guy in Lipa. Dude, he just sat around in the rink. Like, he was like, like, he was like Russian and Slovakian, like, dual citizenship, but still, a guy was just weird, like, had the weird style. I mean, he's got the all red tracksuit, you know, the little frosted tips going on, big bling. Dude, I mean, he'd skate in the morning, he'd work out at the rink, he'd just sit around there. Guy just ate bread, like legitimately no bread, no meat, no nothing. It was it was weird. It was like just bread and buns. I don't know, carbo load. It's like Goldberg yeah. off of uh, Mighty Ducks there. Like just uh, an outrageous diet, and all he did was just skate at the rink all day. Guy didn't have a life. I don't know if he talked to anyone either. Like nuts. I have a good one. So, uh, yeah, like you said, I'm in Sweden this year playing my first year of uh, minor pro. Uh, we had these two Russian guys show up. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, both pulled up in, like, uh, like a red jumpsuit. Like, just all red jumpsuit, red hat, red shoes. Or, like, okay, like, matching outfits. Like, what the hell? They got the big Jordan kicks, too, eh? They yeah, have to. The have Jordans. To. And, uh, they were for, like, a good two weeks straight. And, I mean, like, we went on the ice as a team. Like, not full gear, just kind of like a, like a sweatsuit kind of skate. They both wore it out there. <laughs> of course, of course. They'll never take that off, eh? That's like Russian style. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I mean, I mean they're going home soon, so um, we're just going to let them enjoy your time in Sweden and uh, send them on their way. Now, Now, what's it? I mean, what was, like, the biggest living adjustment for you, obviously, like, you know, obviously you'd been to Czech Republic before, but like, let's say Sweden, like, what do they do there different? Like, you know, what's weird about them? Because obviously they're, I mean, they live a different lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, if I were to choose between the two, I'd, uh, I'd of course go back to Czech. I'd love Czech. I'd love everything about Czech. But I mean, Sweden's more, um, like, update, I guess you could say, like, uh, like proper, maybe is the right word. Um, like, you know, Apple everything, you know, everything's like technology, technology, everything's up to date, like the newest trends are all here. It's similar to uh, America in ways, but I mean, food-wise, it's not too much, it's not too different. I mean, they do eat a lot of fish here, which is, I mean, they eat fish in America, but here they like fish a lot. Wheels um, said they loved canned fish, like in, in a can, yeah, like that's, that's it's disgusting. It's called um, Stromsarsumming. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it's disgusting. Huge. I mean, we did um team bonding activity a few weeks back, and 
It was me, T-Boy, Slovakian guy, and uh, Pariz, Anthony Prezi. He's, uh, he's in all the scrums right now. We were a team, and uh, we won all the events, so we didn't have to like eat it. Not a big deal. But, I mean, the losing, the losing team had to eat it. And it was brutal. Like, guys were, like, puking all over the place. Like, it's like once you, once you open the can, it hits you. It's game over. Okay, okay. You got to tell the story. We're not going to mention any names on this one, but you had a guy on your team who, uh, gave a, gave a pretty good motivational speech and then ditched, like, a few days. You got to tell that one. I mean, we'll leave out names and even places if you want, but you, you got to go into that because I was howling. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so he played a played an exhibition game against uh Yelflate, see. Um all right team. I mean, good amount of D two guys. Guys are just now playing, you know, work full time jobs. So we played them first preseason game. Uh, wouldn't say we got pumped, but I mean it wasn't like the worst game either. So we get back in the room and like I was saying, it's a total gong show here right now and all the guys are like high and low, like, there's guys that are trying to save the season, trying to bring in guys from the outside, I'm like, dude, we're bankrupt, like, no one's getting anything here, he's like, no, it's fine, it's fine, they could live in my room, I'm like, dude, like, whatever you want, like, it's gonna be your issue in a month, so yeah, uh, fast forward to the story, we get in the locker, we're all sitting there, everyone's talking, like, what should we do, like, do we even want to be here anymore, like, it's a joke, the coach, the, the, um, I went not at the coach, the manager asked us, um, should we even look for a coach, like, I don't know, like, I don't even want to try if you guys don't want to be here. And we're like, dude, look for a coach, even if we don't want to be here. Like, who asked that question? <laughs> Frick, okay, yeah. I've got to ask you about it because, I mean, you know, some of us here don't get to, well, aren't supposed to be uh, the ones looking. But uh, Swedish girls <laughs> versus Czech girls, man. Because I, I know you, you see them both. But, dude, give me the rundown. Oh, man, um. Hopefully my girlfriend isn't listening to this. That would be really bad. But I mean, uh, I love you, Nemo. Um, but yeah, no. Um, like I said before, I uh, met my girlfriend. I was in Czech before, and they're interesting. I mean, this one girl really couldn't say anything in English besides uh, America, she called it. And she was one of my buddy's friends because he's from the Czech. And she came to one of our games, and... Like, as you know, you played in Czech, like, the benches are, like, right on the, like, the the bleachers of, like, where the fans sit. Oh, yeah. So she sat, like, directly behind her bench to the point where, like, she could grab my jersey. Psycho. And then, like, that night, uh, we won. We went out to the bar, and she was there, and she was pretty much like, I want an American guy right now. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's go. Czech girls are interesting. I mean, they're hit or miss to either speak really good English or they don't speak English at all. I mean, they're, uh, yeah, I mean, they're always down. That's all I could say. I mean, anyone's looking for something easy, just head over to Prague and you're like, I would say you're guaranteed something if you're from the outside. <laughs> guaranteed something. Don't have to go into detail there. Everyone uh, kind of knows. But, okay, that's yeah. enough hockey talk. I mean, kind of just back to the real world. What are you doing, like, do you just crush Netflix on your uh, off time in Sweden, or what do you guys do? Like, you can't watch TV there because you don't understand shit. I mean, you're basically just staring at a wall. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> wake up around, like, 2.30 every day. I mean, that kind of sounds brutal. That is. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I wake up pretty late. I eat something. I'll um, go on Facebook. I'll, you know, talk to somebody's at home and, you know, FaceTime the wife. And uh, by then, you know, it's ready to go. To, I'm ready to go to practice. So we head to the rink pretty early, about two hours early. Usually watch the uh, the girls' team practice or the, uh, the Division two team practice. And then uh, we go on the ice, we practice, and then we've been hitting McDonald's pretty hard the last few weeks. Probably every practice we've been to McDonald's afterwards. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much, and I come home, I go to bed, and I do the same thing the next day. What a life, what a life. So you're not a big Netflix guy, eh? Uh, not really. I watched a few shows, like, I like The Ranch, and I like the, um, the Underworld, like, um, like the CSI, like, documentaries of, like, I guess, like, drug trafficking and, I guess, human trafficking. Like, I like those shows. I think they're really interesting. Psychopath. Do you watch The Office? Yeah. Are you an Office guy? Yeah, I've seen The Office. Um, oh. I, I watch all the episodes, but, I mean, out in Sweden, it's not on Netflix out here. Oh, dude, they've got different Netflix? Yeah. Oh, what the hell? That's stupid. It's that. Yeah, it was different when I was in Czech, and it's different when I'm in Sweden. So, I mean, um, Weird. I had no clue about brutal. that. What's your, uh, you're, you're a Flyers fan, eh, aren't you? Yeah. So what's your, give me your thoughts on them. I mean, you know, they haven't really done anything too crazy, but you know, what's your uh, thoughts? You still keep up with the NHL and stuff? I mean, I try. I mean, like you said, the Flyers haven't done anything crazy. I, they have some pretty young guys that are um, up and coming, but I mean, it always seems like they're putting in the, the older guys, like, um, that aren't doing anything. I know at one point, I don't even think he's there anymore, uh, Matt Reed. They were playing him on, like, the second line, and they had, like, uh, one of, like, the top draft picks from the year before on, like, the fourth line, and he went to the AHL. I'm like, dude, get this Matt Reed guy out of here. He's horrific. Do you remember Darren Reed? No, I don't. I think he had a brief stint in Philly. He played mostly in Tampa, but uh, now a Fort Saskatchewan Chief, not a big deal. Guy's a beauty. He's an assistant coach in the AJ too now, so a uh, great guy, but made a stop in Philly. But okay, I think we're uh, starting to run out of time. But yo, yet again, thanks, dude, for coming on the pod. I mean, it's uh, it's it's been a blast. Always uh, catching up with you, and I'm sure we'll be in uh, touch more when we hear how how your team goes, and if you guys do end up going bankrupt and you're headed off somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Every day it's a new thing. So I mean, uh, tomorrow we could have, I could have no team. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> Thanks, of course. Nick, joining the pod. Beauty, definitely going to be a reoccurring guest. I mean, some hilarious stories in there. Sweden seems like an absolute riot. Thanks to thanks to Nick for coming on. Like, like I could tell stories for days for sure. Um, that interview was brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is an app where tickets are given a grade based on value. Tickets are given a score from a 1 to 10 to let you know if you're getting a good or bad deal. View from the seats lets you see where you're going to sit. So if you're in the old Rutherford Rink in Saskatoon, you're not going to sit behind the pole. RIP Rutherford, new rink is sick. Download the app, go to the settings tab, hit add a promo code. Use our promo code WORLDHockeyReport, all caps, no spaces, for $20 off your first order. You can download the app from our Twitter page at WorldHockeyRPT. But the code you use for $20 off is World Hockey Report, all caps, no spaces. Can we talk about those NHL rookies? Oh my goodness. Pedersen's been disgusting in Vancouver. But probably the biggest shock. 
Max LeJoie in Ottawa. You saw him play in juniors and stuff in Swift and Speedy Creek. So, I mean, how how unexpected is his start to the year? Decently. I always knew he uh, he could skate like an NHL player. He didn't really handle the puck like one. And I think your blog on our website said that he, uh, he had one goal last year or something like that. So, you know, anybody can, like not anybody can get lucky, but two goals in your first couple games, whatever. But... Yeah, he uh, he skates really well and good for him. Good to see some some small town Sasky uh, alumni get there. He's got three tucks already, like five points. Yeah, pretty ridiculous start for him. And then Pedersen, I mean, no one's on his level. He's got to be the Calder lock already. Like, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, maybe like Donato has a good second half or something. Maybe middle stat, but no, Pedersen's got it locked. Give him the trophy already, whatever. There's that video, I think a week old, about that Miro Heiskinen, who we we talked about on this podcast a lot. And his second NHL shift, he goes end to end, gets another shot in the Ozone, takes fuck away from Keller in the D zone, goes D to D, deeks guy out, toeys another guy and dumps it in and changes. Like, the best second shift I think anybody's ever had. Didn't Mario Lemieux score on his first shift? Yeah, I said second, though. Okay. Fair enough. I guess uh, I don't think too many people keep track of that, but been wrong once or twice. High school is pretty nasty, though. Um, speaking of rookies, Char's comments off the wall. I mean, insane. The guy's going senile or something. 16-year-old Connor McDavid would not have 80 points. There's no chance at that. That's just asinine to even think that that's possible. Yeah, I mean, he was sick at... Um, 16, obviously, exceptional status, made the World J team. But 80 points in the best league in the world for a kid who's barely gone through puberty, like, I don't know. we got to wrap this thing up. i got to get out of here. I mean, this is take number two for the boys. A little bit of a rough start. Well, Not it's a... basically take number three. Yeah, take number three, thanks to Adam Erwin Trout. Uh, I don't know who does your internet, but let's definitely um, not go with them again anymore, ever. Uh, okay, quick three bats. Who we got this weekend? Who's the locks? I mean, if you if you're gonna ask me, it's gonna be wrong. So you you've you've won a couple of couple of bets already this year. So who's who's gonna be your picks? Uh, for the NHL, let's go. I think tomorrow Oilers over Rangers for uh, for Saturday, just because there's actually not even any games on Friday. Uh, Oilers over the Rangers for sure, just because you know Rangers have won, Oilers haven't. Oilers probably underdogs. Let's see, Boston over Detroit's a lock, and Florida over Vancouver's a lock. Ooh, Florida's playing, or uh, Vancouver's playing good. They just came off a big win over Tampa. Never know. Your boy Barkov yeah, might have a falling out. The year well. Yeah, it happens. All right, it's World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. Follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. The website, blogs going up all the time. WorldHockeyReport.com. Adam's going to be pumping out some sick ones. Probably some more I Love Barkovs. And of course, thanks to SeatGeek. Use our promo code WorldHockeyReport, all caps, and New Energy. If you want some healthy energy, you got to check it out. That's GetNewEnergy.com. Of course, all those links are on the website. Have a good weekend. Peace.